the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you, whom you have given to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and thus you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enemy between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. And to the man he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree, about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the fields. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you, and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies, and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves. Because you have obeyed my voice. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time onwards and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will be there. By God, to a town in Galilee near Naz called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favorite one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, 
How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, Bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all the people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Come on down, friends. I'm going to need all the help I can get. Y'all are going to help me tell the story of Christmas. Okay. You take this. You take this. You take this one. You take this one. You take these two. You take this guy. Let's see. Does everyone have one? Oh, did I miss you? Okay. You get these. Okay. And I need... Oh, I need one more thing. There we go. Okay. So... 
Did I miss you, Sony? There you go. You can have this one. Fantastic. Okay, so what's today? Oh, you haven't got one? Let's see. Did someone end up with two? Let's see. Let me steal, let me steal this one from you. Okay, there we go. Now we're good. Hey, we had just the right number. Fantastic. Okay, what's today? Today is Christmas Eve, and what do we celebrate on Christmas Eve? What do you got? What are we doing here? We're doing church. Why, why are we doing church on this particular night? What are we doing, Jay? Who are we here for? We're going to pray for God, but who in particular are we celebrating tonight? What do you got? Our Savior, whose name is Jesus. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, give him a round of applause. There. Okay. So y'all are going to help me tell the story of Jesus. Okay. So let's see. Um, who has a lady in blue and white? Who has a lady with blue and white? Okay. Mary. Mary. Okay. So when Mary was like a teenager, an angel of the Lord appeared to her. Okay. So here we go. We have Mary. Thank you, Mary. I did just marry. There's going to be a lot of stabbing in this. I'm sorry. Um, who has uh, Joseph? Who has Joseph? Um, bring Joseph. There you go. You have, I think you have a shepherd. I think that's Joseph. Okay. You can never tell the difference between a shepherd and Joseph. She was engaged to a guy named Joseph. Here's Joseph. Okay. We're going to put them together. Yes, I'm going to have to stick a pin through Joseph. Straight through the heart. Okay. An angel, who has an angel? Who has a Jesus? There we go. Um, so, an angel. I mean, that's baby Jesus. That's an angel. There we go. An angel appeared to both of them. An angel appeared to both of them and told them, Mary is going to have God's special kid. And Joseph, you need to take care of that kid. And Joseph said, yes. And Mary said, yes. And so then they had to go on a long journey. Um, who has the farm animals? Who has farm animals? I need farm animals. We're going to need, um, although it doesn't appear in the Bible, we're going to need the donkey. So they went on a long journey. Mary riding on a donkey. Look, see, Mary's on the donkey. Mary riding on the donkey. And they arrived in the city called Bethlehem. You see, something, there was something wrong in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was totally full. There was no space for them to sleep. So they had to actually move into a barn instead of a hotel room. And so now they're in a barn. Um, and the time of, okay. And so there was, a, there was a food trough called a manger in the barn. So here's the manger. So we got barn. Manger, angel, Mary, Joseph, donkey. We good so far? Everyone following. Fantastic. This is going so well. And while they were in this barn, the time came for Mary to give birth. And she gave birth to... The baby Jesus was born. He's not killed. He rises. He rises again. That's a different story. 
Spoilers for the end of Jesus' story, he rises again. So we got some, put some farm animals up. Okay, so then a whole bunch of people come to visit Jesus. And so who has shepherd? I know I need the shepherd. So there should be one other shepherd. There we go. Thank you. Give me my shepherds. Okay, some shepherds come to visit the baby who we did just stick a pin into, I confess. Ow. That one. We're going to. And this shepherd. And then, who has the star? Is there a star hanging out somewhere? Or do I have the star already? No, I, no, who knows? I do have the star. Thank you, Stoney. You, you saw the star? Thank you. And then a star appeared over them. And then I need my, I need my three kings. And then three kings. Three wise men. Very good. We got wise men one, wise men two. You know what's about to happen to these guys, though. Wise men three. I'm not going to kill them. We got three wise men. Here we go. And there we go. Okay. No one's dead. It's fine. I've at least been poked as many times as these guys have tonight. Okay. Focus with me just a second. Y'all are doing great. Okay. So all of these people showed up to worship Jesus on this special night. Because Jesus is the, the Savior. The most important baby to ever be born. Jesus is the Savior child. And so that's why we worship on Christmas. And that's why the angel came and the shepherds and the wise men. And so, I wanted to take a moment, and yes, we had fun doing this, and yes, we definitely stabbed everyone with pins. What's up? Uh-huh. Because they got to stick to a corkboard somehow. Okay. I want us to take a moment and pray and say thank you to God for the birth of the Savior. Take your hands like this, put them together, put them in your lap, bow your heads, close your eyes, repeat after me. Dear God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Help us to always celebrate Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all for helping. Y'all can go back to your seats. Give them a round of applause. I'm not going to stab a baby. I mean, only a little bit. As was alluded to in the children's sermon, our scripture reading this evening is the story of the birth of Christ, um, which tonight we'll read uh, from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town, Nazareth, town of Nazareth in Galilee to, Ju to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to, who, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, 
because there was no place for, place for them in the inn. And that reason there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch of their flock by night. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you, born this day in the city of David, excuse me, of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the things that have taken place, which the Lord have made known to us. So they went with Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned and glorifying and praising God for all who had heard and seen as it was told them. This is God's good word for us, God's beloved people. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, this year, I decided I was going to be slightly more ambitious in my preparation for Christmas. I confess that because most of my time and effort put into getting ready for Christmas is actually getting ready for y'all's Christmas, right? And planning worship services and outreaches and live nativities that the planning of Christmas activities for my own family falls largely on my spouse. But this year, I was determined I was going to make my own eggnog. I love eggnog. I don't understand why we only make eggnog, drink eggnog once a year. And so I decided I was going to make my own nog. And I, 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 I looked up a recipe, which I never do, and I started assembling the things that I needed to make eggnog. You need one of those, like, sous vide water bath things, because apparently you can poison your children with the raw egg if you don't, like, you know, pasteurize the eggnog. So I got one of those on Amazon. And you need eight eggs, and so we always have eggs. And so I got eight eggs. You need granulated sugar. We had granulated sugar on, this, on the shelf. You need whole milk, no problem. Got that at the store. And you need heavy whipping cream. And we couldn't get any heavy whipping cream. Apparently, a hacker hacked the largest maker of cream in August, and the entire cream industry has been thrown off ever since. It is why there is a cream cheese shortage, and it is also heading the heavy whipping cream market. We put it in our grocery store order. No luck. I went to Brookshire's. No luck. I went to Kroger's. No luck. And then, I admit, I made two strategic errors. One, I entered the Thunderdome. I went to Walmart on the Monday before Christmas at four o'clock. Upon entering the Thunderdome, I made a second strategic area error, error. I did not acquire a shopping cart. Now, here's my logic. I only needed one item. I needed heavy whipping cream. I needed a quart of heavy whipping cream. I am a relatively able-bodied 35-year-old man in reasonably rude health. 
I can carry a cord of liquid from the back of the store to the front of the store to my car in my hands without getting overly exhausted. But then, without a cart, I had nothing to protect me from the other shoppers. And I had to make it from the front of the store to the back of the store. I had to make it about 100 yards through the Thunderdome with just 185 pounds of human between me and the other people. As I got past the frozen food aisle, I nearly lost my life to a family that was hunting, I mean shopping, in a pack. It was a pack of three of them, all with carts, all of which weighed more than me, and I had nothing to protect me. Eventually, I did survive and make it to the back of the store. I praised God upon entering the dairy aisle that I still had my life. And then my heart dropped through the floor. There was no heavy whipping cream. It was out at Walmart as well. I confess, friends, this was a real low point um, in my journey this Christmas season. Because I then, not only was it a fruitless errand, I had to contemplate how I was going to survive from the back of the store back to the front of the store without my heavy whipping cream. And I had a real crisis of faith standing there in the back of Walmart. And I thought to myself, why do we keep doing this? Why do we do this every year? Why do we upend our lives for like a month? Why do we celebrate Christmas every single year? Could we do it like the Olympic, like the Summer Olympics, where we do it like every five years, every four years, right? I think like, oh, every four years, I'm going to watch people run and jump over things and swim and row, and then I don't think about it again for four more years. And it's great. I get this burst of being utterly obsessed with like men flinging themselves high in the air, and at that point, I give up on it. Why do we take the time to celebrate Christmas every single year? It upends a lot of our life, a lot of our church, a lot of our families. We travel, we bake cookies, we decorate, we buy thousands of dollars of gifts. We get utterly obsessed with it for months. Well, part of it is the entire retail sector of our economy is essentially reliant on it. But that's not the theological, it's not the spiritual answer to the question. And the spiritual answer to that question, why do we do this every year, rests on answering this other question. Why are the shepherds there? Why on earth are the shepherds there? The shepherds do not make sense to be in this story. They do not belong in the story of a birth of a king. They belong in a story about sheep, not the story about a savior. And if you think about this, this whole story is an incredibly unlikely set of scenarios for the birth, for the savior of the world. As I said in the children's sermon, the most important birth to ever happen happened in a town in the sticks 
Not a town in the center of things. Not a particularly important town. A town on the outskirts of everything. Nowhere in particular in, in terms of importance. The savior of the world is born to an unwed mother and a carpenter who's just trying to make it in the world. It's just like good, solid, working class guy. On top of that, it's not even happened like... It's not even a planned birth, right? They give birth on the road. They give birth in a barn that would have been a cave underground surrounded by farm animals. And they lay the baby in an agricultural implement. This is not your, like, perfect Pinterest nursery, right? Like, this is a baby born on the road to young working class kids. They give birth in the sticks in the midst of really difficult circumstances. And then who shows up first? Shepherds who are just normal, working-class guys. It's like, what if the birth of the King of England were attended by three truck drivers, a warehouse worker, and a Walmart CSM, right? Like, that's the crew that shows up. That's probably who would show up to the birth of my child. That's probably who showed up to the birth of most of our kids. But that's not who shows up to the birth of the King of England. Right? We like this image of shepherds because it sets up this lovely pastoral scene. But none of it really makes sense. And yet Luke is really invested in those shepherds. So you think about the story you just heard in the Bible, right? The first two verses are about the Roman emperor and the governor. There are three verses about the birth of Jesus. That gets them, introduces Joseph, gets them to Bethlehem, gets the baby born, lays him in a manger. That all happens in three verses. Then verses 8 through 20 are the shepherds and the angels. In terms of who gets the screen time, the screen time goes to the shepherds and the angels. And so you have to really ask yourself, why are these shepherds here? Why does this story focus on a crew of working class guys attending the birth of a savior, right? I mean, Luke gives them the airtime here again, verses 16 through 20. Maybe, yes, there we go. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You open with this image of Emperor Augustus. He was an emperor of Rome. He was a real dude really lived, and he lived in amazing palaces, some of which still exist. He had an amazing yacht longer than a football field. He had armies and attendants and servants and flowing robes, and he was honored as a god. Then you have this child who is also a bringer of peace, but bringer of real peace. You see, Emperor, Emperor Augustine, Augustus was honored for the Pax Romana the Roman peace, but that was peace through a sword. If you don't keep the peace, we're going to pokey pokey slash slash you. This child laid in a manger 
He's the Prince of Peace. He's God among us. He is Emmanuel. But the first people to show up and honor him are not chief priests, are not kings, are not army generals, are not servants. It's three truck drivers, it's a warehouse worker, and it's a Walmart CSM. Why? Why does Luke care so much about these shepherds that God appeared to them? It's because Luke wants you to know that you fit in this story. That you belong in this story. That this child came for you. Child born in ordinary circumstances to ordinary parents in the midst of ordinary life, visited first and evangelized first by ordinary people. That God among us is among us for us, for all of us. The, the camera zooms in on the shepherds so that you will know, oh, those guys are like me. This savior is for me. I'm an ordinary person. These are ordinary people. This is happening in ordinary life. God didn't come for thrones and riches and glory. God came to love me. God came to serve me. God came for me, for us. I want y'all to go on a very brief journey of imagination. Let's imagine this story was happening right now. I had to go to Walmart twice this week. It's a tough week. I had to go in twice. I was there at 9 o'clock on Wednesday night. After I'd already started writing this sermon. And I was in the self-checkout line. As one does, they want you to check out with the robots. I was doing what Walmart wanted me to do. I was checking out with the robots. And in front of me was a guy dressed in all denim. He had clearly been doing some sort of machine work. He still had some machine oil, had not had on his clothes, had not had a chance to go home, right? If you're at Walmart at 9 o'clock, one of three things has happened. You either forgot something, or you got off work recently, or you were on your way into work. These are the only three reasons you were in Walmart at 9 o'clock at night. Right behind me was three 18-year-olds who had clearly just gotten off a shift at, at McDonald's. Two people in front of me was a Walmart worker who was checking out on their way home. You can picture this line, right? You have all been in this line, whether it was at eight, 9 o'clock at night or not. Y'all know the line I'm talking about. Now imagine you hear a noise about 10 feet above your head. And an angel of the Lord has descended from the lighting system of Walmart... And says, Gloria and Excelsis Deo, to you is born is the promised Savior. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and in the bathroom of the Polar Express right now. <laughs> and then a multitude of the heavenly host fill the walls with singing rather than screaming children, angry shoppers, people trying to kill me, and that beep boop of the checkout noise. And then all of the inhabitants of the self-checkout line of Walmart all run or drive, in this case, to the Polar Express to worship the baby Jesus in a bathroom. <laughs> That's this story translated to 21st century Palestine. Palestine is a fairly 
realistic equivalent to Bethlehem. It's a lovely town. I love living here. But anytime I introduce this town to people who are not from here, they don't even know how to say the name. And then they look at me like I'm crazy, like I'm saying the name wrong. It's Palestine, not Palestine. I get it. But we're not Washington, D.C. We're not New York City. So we're the, exactly the kind of place where Jesus would be born now. And maybe you wouldn't get laid in a manger. Maybe it's the sink of the women's room of the Polar Express. That Mary and Joseph, he's born in the Polar Express. What do you want? They need a little privacy. And the angels appear in the Walmart self-checkout line. That's the story translated to the 21st century. That who Christ came to first was not the high and mighty. It was the ordinary folks, the truck drivers, the warehouse workers, and the Walmart CSMs. Born on the road. Just as each of us came in the world, they always say there's no good time to have a kid. We proved this. 24 hours later, there's a massive snowstorm. It was great. Got to use the four-wheel drive in my truck. I loved it. All of this is to say that this is a savior for you. That you belong in this story. That this story is your story. That this savior came for you. Unmistakably for all of us. And that also means that if this first part of the story is your story, that means the whole story is your story. Not just a baby born, but a man who teaches, a man who dies, a man who rises on the third day and unleashes God's grace. All of that can be your story. That's why the shepherds are there. So that you will see yourself in Christ's story. And know that not just this first part, but everything that comes after it and everything that will still come in the future can be your story. What God is doing in Christ, what God does in the crucifixion, what God does in the resurrection can be your story. And that's why we tell it every year. Because it's a story we need to hear every year. We need that invitation every year. That each year we have another chance to begin again with God. Each year we have another chance, another invitation to hear about those shepherds, to see ourselves in God's story, to commit ourselves to God's story and let that grace, that transformation, that new beginning, that second chance be our new beginning, our transformation, our second chance. And if you don't get it this year, guess what? We're going to tell the story again in 12 months. And if you didn't get it last year, guess what? We're telling the story right now. And we'll tell the story again. And we'll tell the story again. And again. And again, every year, we begin again. Every year, we get this new invitation to hear the song of the angels. The promised Savior has been born.
to let that sink into our hearts and to rush to that Christ child and be overjoyed with what we find. On Christmas Eve, each year, we light the candle in the center of the Advent wreath. It is the light of Christ. And we light it again, and we light it again, and we light it again. That light can be your light. That light can be the spark of a new beginning. That light can be the light that guides you home and transforms your life. That's the invitation of Christmas. To begin again. Amen. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may be empowered by this encounter with you to make your story our story. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Leave your light raised. We close this Christmas Eve service with a blessing. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. The light that illuminates this sanctuary right now is the light of God's love. And that love can burn in your heart as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merry Christmas.